A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I'm El Fakador Laurie Blake and I am joined by housemate Simon Longdon who is drinking a coffee. That's an Delicious. ASMR, I believe. That is, yes. It could also have been the start to a sponsorship bit had we thought ahead and got a coffee to sponsor us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Should you've have... just wasted perfectly good coffee drinking well, for no money, Simon. It was us and Clooney for the Nescafe gig and... Yeah, you know, damn him and his beautiful eyes, right, and his wonderful voice. Wonderful voice, doesn't he? His, his and his ability to make coffee pods look appealing. He also makes his own tequila, does he not? Does he? Yeah, I think Ooh. I think when he did the um, when Clooney he was on when, when he was on Letterman's Netflix show, I think mm. they talked. To, it was mainly an advert for his either tequila or gin, some sort of liquor. I feel like gin suits Clooney more I know but I think it's surprising is it like posh tequila I think so yeah a sip in tequila yeah I think so as the way it's supposed to be done I don't like tequila that is because that was the thing right tequila so going to like a nice actual like Mexican restaurant and having tequila and they're like if you sip it it's really delicious it is a delicious drink but see that's where I disagree my only experience of tequila before like prior to that was just tequila shots and that is obviously Disgusting. Um, like any shot that goes like, oh, here's two, like, so you drink tequila and then to make the tequila better, you're given salt and you're given a lemon. Two things traditionally that are bad in wounds, um, not yeah. particularly known for their flavor. It's it's one of the few things in life that where in order to get in order to get anything out of it, you have to do it quickly and painfully. Mm. That's quite rare. Like pimple popping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what else you do that the best version of it is. I mean, like, I guess... Plaster. Ripping, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Ripping a plaster off that, you have to do that quickly. Or a Band-Aid for our American listeners. Yeah, I, I'd, but I, wouldn't, I wouldn't actually rip a plaster off that quick. Why would you savour it? I'd savour it. I'd, I'd, I'd it. leave it. I'd I let leave it, it on longer than needs I to be. I'm I, like Nelly with my plasters. I let it. I let it. Uh, yeah, I let it just go off its own accord. Do you? <laughs> I yeah. Know. I let. The, I let the ravages of time take it from my body. Um, that's the way I work a plaster. I wait until it's just sort of compost resting on me. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then 
Yeah, and you blow it off. Yeah. So blow it. Goodness. Anyway, time for the show. Uh, we're talking about the NXT episode from this week and the fact that there is a new champion within NXT. Here's the show. But first, let's jump back into the first story that there was a huge title change on this week's edition of NXT. The kind of premise of this show was that it was a bit of a, a holiday gift to all of us viewers in the fact that they booked Adam Cole versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship and Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. Yeah. The women closed the show in the main event with Rhea eventually picking up the win over Shayna Baszler and becoming the new NXT Women's Champion. Has anyone had a better sort of debut year than Rhea Ripley? Um, not, I wouldn't, no, not from the women's side, I don't think. No. It, she's had a real, it's been both meteoric and organic. Yeah. And not just a straight shot, you know, quick thing either. So it's, it's, kind of, it's been really well timed, really well spaced out. She's not just had the, uh, boost of being the new, fresh, sort of interesting face. She's also had genuine narrative mm-hmm. and genuine storylines and, and relationships with what, six, seven different wrestlers. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think I think um, and not even historically playing off her other like her NXT UK side of things. No, no, like no. All relationships over with Tony Storm or someone and going, yeah, like, yeah. oh, they've got tension. Like, yeah, she's yeah, she she has been part of. Dakota Kai she's been part of Io Shirai's story you know she's she sort of when you sort of look back now she has been the centrepiece of all of this Mm -hmm. now for a long time and uh, added to that the and I think it's well worth pointing out uh, Baszler I think has so far been the best NXT Women's Champion of all time Mm -hmm. she's incredible and this and this second run has been unbelievable mm-hmm. everything she's done she's been getting better first of all better and better she's and hit better. a stride like she's really hit a stride nailed it now character is perfect um the horsewoman thing is actually really starting to make sense now they've been they've been getting their own sort of momentum as her sort of attack dogs um uh, yeah i just think the whole thing her whole run alongside shana's run essentially has just been brilliant mm-hmm. and well deserved, and this and this and this sort of closing of the show really felt like a like a really big moment. I was saying in the review uh, that I recorded earlier, mm-hmm. which you won't have seen yet because I don't. Actually, yeah, it's gone out, so you might have seen it. Um, like what was what, I think what's been brilliant about Ripley's uh, appearance on NXT was like you know she I, th- I feel like she was kind of chucked into the mix just before NXT the one hour show that was on WWE Network uh, closed its doors really before, yeah. and they went live on USA with a new two hour format which really kind of felt like almost a soft reset of what was kind of the status quo within NXT mm. Ripley was kind of chucked out there as like a we're going to do a Shayna Baszler Rhea Ripley match, and then it, that sort of fell by the wayside when they went live. They did a bunch of other stuff in the women's division, and then this story started to come back around and gain momentum. And then we had War Games and Ripley's kind of refusal to lose in that match and mm. fighting fighting back from sort of like you know up against it, like have odds were against her, all that kind of stuff. Um, same with Survivor Series, like being kind of crafty and and uh, 
winning her way through that match with um, Charlotte and uh, who was the other one in the when she did the thing through the, the figure eight bridge that was like I think one of the one of my oh, favorite finishes of yeah. WWE this year. Yes, I just thought that was genius. She, well, Bailey she, was it? Might have been Bailey. It might have been Sasha. Sasha, maybe I don't know. But it was um, like I just think that sort of. I think it was Sasha because she's the other captain, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, so it was yeah. all that sort of pacing of um, like her build was so carefully handled. And then you you get to the point where she's the number one contender. She's having this match now. And in this match, they also did a lot of work to be to to whip the crowd into this frenzy of like mm. they were already behind Rhea. They already want already wanted Rhea to win. And they still pulled out every single wrestling stop that you could imagine to be like, she's not going to, she's not going to, she's not going to, she's not going to. Oh my God, she has. Because mm. it was like interference from Duke and Shafir. They run down and get involved in the match. Then in a break, they like bump her already injured arm, which she got stomped onto the eight, uh, she got stomped on the steps by Baszler. They run that into the posts, leaving her sort of a bit injured. They get ejected. There's a ref bump. Baszler mm. cheats and gets a weapon and DDTs her onto a chair. She gets a visual, like, uh, Rhea Ripley gets a visual pin um, while the ref's down after hitting the Riptide. So she gets, like, a long three count. So these are all the kind of classic, like... Yeah. You do, like, a couple of these a match, maybe. They just did every single yeah. one you can imagine. They did the, lo the really long refusal to give up in a yeah. submission but, spot where but, she got, like, out of it three or four times. But also, and this is credit to the way they built it, you know... She already showed that she might do that mm -hmm. when she got attacked before. So this was kind of like repeating that spot now, but for yeah. much longer. So it's like, not only was this match, you know, like pulling out all the stops, as you say, like just within its own context, but was also referencing things mm -hmm. that, made, that, that, that mattered and, you know, that, that were all about, not just mattered in, in, in just terms of like the title picture, who won this, who won that, but like character things that they've been building into backstage attacks and promos and everything. Like, yeah. It's all, it's interesting, it's all kind of built around character yeah. as much as anything. And to have her sort of, she's so intimidating looking, but still managed to play the underdog compared to Shayna, which I think is much credit to Shayna as, as anything mm -hmm. else. But, you know, she had that real underdog spirit and it really felt like that big blowout moment when she actually won, almost, you know, almost felt like when Bailey won. Mm. And the crowd just exploded like that. You know, it had that same, it had maybe yeah. not quite to Weird. that level, but like it had, it had a similar feel, like a euphoric feel to it. It was, yeah. it was very cool. And, and yeah, and I think you're completely right that they, they've managed to do that with somebody who previously people were chanting, Rhea's going to kill you." Yeah. For like Bailey was always the underdog. Bailey was always going to be in that position. It was always going to be a euphoric moment where Bailey overcome overcame the odds mm. and beat Sasha Banks. Um, but here, it, yeah, they somehow managed to, in one match, flip that on its head. And I think that's kind of like a really neat repackaging of the Baszler arc as well. Because Baszler's been champion for so long and she's had two reigns. And like they were saying at the beginning of this match that she's actually now, I think, beaten Asuka's record for like the, the number of days holding the NXT yeah. Women's Championship. So she's, she's now the, like the most dominant champion in NXT history um, on the women's side of things. So... We've seen Baszler use every single trick in the book to retain that belt, whether that's being really good at wrestling, cheating, 
mm. and anything in between that sort of spectrum. She's done it all. And here, this really did feel like Baszler emptying her entire arsenal of like tricks and like mm. cheat codes or whatever she wanted to do to win this match. And she still didn't do it, which just made Rhea Ripley winning feel yeah. all the sweeter. And I think those two are mirrored as well, because I feel like that, no, Shayna's character for so long was she's this vicious, aggressive killer. And over time, in this particularly in, in her recent run, <coughs> she's had to consistently resort to measures that she wasn't previously to, to maintain her position on top. It's become sort of maniacal mm-hmm. about maintaining her place atop the mountain. And so to see someone come up actually kind of having a similar, mm. I don't know, there's so many sort of parallels and sort of character traits that they both had and are now playing off each other. I just think it's, it, it's uh, you know, there's a little bit of luck and coincidence in terms of like when the people have been brought up and getting the longer show and that kind of stuff. But they've made so much of this, both yeah. in booking and through their, their matches and their performances as well. And well, also they've also kept them apart for ages. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. kind of, I mean, there's there's one. My one criticism of this NXT episode is not not that it wasn't good. It's that it was like, why today? You I know was, what I mean. This like, was this not, was. I was literally about to ask you this question. I said, this is everything we're saying is great. Yeah, but why today and not a takeover? Yeah, yeah. Should, well, it's. I think it's a shame. I think it's. I think it's the same for the for the um, opening match as well. I think. I think this moment was wasted, and I think. You know, historically, uh, I, know I said this to you before we came on air, but historically, the one thing everyone said that everyone says is one of the main, one of the big reasons that WCW buried itself was because they, in their in their pursuit of beating WWE, <coughs> they kept putting pay per view matches on TV, and this is ultimately it may not have been, it may have just been, hey, let's do a Christmas thing, or this is just where the feuds were at, and they've just made yep. a decision. But it's been characterized as this is their show to go up against AEW who started making noises earlier that they were going to do this big Christmas show, essentially. And I think it was ultimately a mistake. Yeah. Well, I guess it's one of those things because you don't necessarily know what their designs are on Shayna Baszler. I feel like the designs for Shayna Baszler are the main roster is a beckoning after her already uh, winning the Survivor Series match, beating the other two champions. Um, all the rumours flying around that she's going to be in the Rumble, that she might even be winning the Rumble to set up a match with Becky. But then obviously uh, Stephanie McMahon confirmed that Ronda Rousey is coming back at some point. They don't know when. But if Ronda Rousey's coming back at the Rumble, um, you want to start hotting up that horsewomen versus horsewomen uh, feud at some mm. point, don't you? And so Shayna Baszler is a, a critical component of that. So maybe moving her on now is a good way to, one, bump the ratings, beat AEW when, like, what was it, last week the the views were the exact same? Mm. So, like, they've, they've already narrowed the gap. Um, and obviously last week was a bad week, I think, for both shows in general. I think they were both down slightly because there was something else on. But, like, they've, they've kind of narrowed the gap when AEW were, like, racing ahead. So maybe now they this is them thinking, we deploy a horsewoman losing the title and we can just pull ahead in this little photo yeah. finish can't we we can we can be winning the grand national now well i think i think that i just think that nxt has part of its success has been it is stuck to some pretty hard and fast rules and one of those rules is that 
they build to takeover, mm-hmm. and then they have their big matches. They yeah. don't waste. They don't have you know. They have great matches every week, so they don't have to, you know, they don't have to shoot the big bullet every week because they've got these other great matches that can happen. Yeah. They'll back themselves on that, and because it before it was on the network, which is slightly different. Um, that was okay. It could fly under the radar in that sort of way mm-hmm. and then build these longer-term stories. I think to have, to have as, soon as, as soon as their feet got quite close to the fire, they've kind of done, gone quite big on this title, two title matches in the night thing. And I just, I just, I kind of think it's a shame. I want to see it in a, in a big room with mm-hmm. loads of people, you know, but at the same time, I think we've also we've also slightly complained that a lot of these feuds have felt like they've been in a holding pattern until the thing. So yeah, I, it's so, kind of, it's really it's really hard to judge. And I think the I, I think the benefit of this match is that like you could do a rematch at Takeover, um, the Takeover before the Rumble. Like you you could you I, you can. I don't just, see how you can. I don't see how you can. Not with that. When you get Takeover before the Rumble, I think yeah, there is. The yeah, there's there's basically yeah, there's basically two Takeovers within like three months of each other, mm. two months of each other, but um. I reckon. I reckon. I reckon. Baszler's moving on, and I reckon like uh, the the finish of the first match, the Balor Cole match, leaves that open for a rematch so easily. So, like, I don't think we're finished with with either of these two sets of matches. Maybe maybe we are finished with the Rhea Ripley Baszler thing. I think it's more of a timing thing. I think we should be finished with that as well because you can't you can't have the ring full of um, the crowd slash wrestlers yeah <laughs> um and make that such a big thing mm-hmm. and design that to happen to make it feel that big and then just run it back yeah i think i think once you've done it you've done it and you have to just but i'm getting like on. i mean i'm i'm in the in the camp now that i want to see what their next program is for Rhea ripley now that base is out of the way what do we do how do we like are we going to make her a dominant champion are we going to make her basically like a, a baser 2.0 or the I guess Asuka 3.0 in terms of NXT. Yeah. Like, be interesting to see her go against like. So let's say she go against goes against Dakota Kai mm-hmm. in her new Him guy. Gimmick, yeah. yeah. Will that work? Is like will really look so? In a bit, will you? Would they end up? Would Dakota kind of looking like the underdog in that? Yeah. Like, I, I, it's just. It's interesting. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of stories blowing out just from War Games. So I think any one of those could. Yeah. You know, have a legitimate. Shot. I think some sort of women's faction might be in the works for like going against Ripley because I just feel like she's so she's taken on a faction on her own already and sort of just handily defeated them. So it kind of feels like maybe some sort of joining together of the women's. Yeah, rooms interesting because really way to take her down or yeah. send in Tony Storm. Well, that's done the, it before. Well, that's the other thing. Is the other thing you do? They just send in someone with a big name, and I think. Well, I think that's the one one thing about NXT is they've got they've got a bunch of people who haven't been seen on TV who they have signed, who are just sort of waiting in the wings to to come out and have a match and become a character and be involved. Like your Austin theories, you've got Chelsea Green and Diana Perazzo. Like there, there are people lurking around NXT who could be the next big thing who aren't yeah. being used yet. Especially Chelsea yeah. Green, I think. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sid Art Online says Shayna definitely winning the Royal Rumble. I think so, and I actually think they'll. Uh, it feels like timeline-wise, I'll do that. That'll be what happens instead of Ronda. Mm-hmm. I, I, just by the, the way, all the timelines have sort of been spoken about before. It doesn't, to my mind, it doesn't seem like the Rumble is necessarily place. But uh, yeah, I think she's going to make a big impact in the Rumble. Yeah, I I wouldn't necessarily say she's going to win it, uh, just because I, I think someone bigger might be coming back. So you think Ronda is coming back? I think back. Ronda's probably coming back. Like, if, if you want, in my opinion, of who should win the Rumble, I think Rhea Ripley should win the Rumble. But, <laughs> no, I think uh, Shayna I think should Rhea win Rhea Ripley should win everything now. I think Shayna should win the Rumble. I, I'm i sceptical as whether it'll be Ronda who comes back, whether she, that she comes back for the Rumble, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to figure out the what the timeline is ahead of when she... Because she, she says a lot of stuff. Yeah, she does. <laughs> so, yeah. The Line Drive says, the most brilliant spot in this match, sorry, this is all on the subject of Rhea and Baszler, by the way. The most brilliant spot spot in this match was Rhea being in the clutch as I knew she was winning and my certainty faded with Rhea and rose when she grabbed the ref, just a masterpiece. I thought that was really brilliantly done because it was like, it was kind of every single submission spot rolled into one. Yeah. She... She powered out the first time, and then even on the injured arm, and then she sort of struggled because of the injured arm, but still managed to get quite far. She got dragged back again and again. She mm. faded once, she came back, she faded again, and then grabbed the referee. Yeah. It's like, you can't count me out of this. And I loved it. I thought it was so good. And hey, you know what? This is why you build a finisher. You yeah. know, we've seen enough people choked out, 
passing out with that. But her just having the the three with the hand drop, that felt like it, it could be a legitimate finish. Yeah. So and that, you know that that's not just <coughs> building in the match. That's building that finisher over the course of nearly two years. Mm-hmm. You know that that is also what they've done with Baszler yeah. as much as anything. And it's, quite a, and it's a really protected finisher, in the, I think, in the sense that, like, if it's locked on yeah. in the centre of the ring, you're out. I you're thought that, I thought they, they really made an effort to make the rhythm of this match, particularly at the start. It really felt like an MMA match. And there was a point where, and, you know, it's something I always think about whenever I see people doing chokes and stuff. And this is the first time, I mean, I'm sure other people can point out other, thing, no, other times it's happened, but Rhea Ripley putting her chin... Under the arm. Oh, the tuck, the tuck of the chin was that, really clever. Well, that is that is legitimately how you stop being choked in MMA mm. matches all the time. That is what people try and do to give themselves some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's just it was just fascinating to see, like, this is the kind of the first time I've seen it really properly implemented as, like, we, we were supposed to... It was an intentional thing. We were supposed to see out, it. Yeah. yeah. I thought I thought that was excellent. I think it's, it's a bit of an indictment on... You know, like I can't believe no one else has really made mm-hmm. such a point of that yet. But I thought that was a brilliant bit of storytelling, and like you said, that that whole choke spot was incredible. The line drive comes back in again and says, uh, "I don't think this women's feud could make it to take over after War Games. This was the natural end point. Now February's too far off." I, I, I would. I think, I think there's like, always stuff you can do. There's always stuff you can. There's do. definitely stuff they could have done. Uh, however, I am definitely not against this match happening and how good it was, and I think it, you know. I think history will probably forget when it happened, why it happened on TV. You'll just go, that was an amazing moment, and that's kind of all you really need mm. for it. Uh, let's go through the rest of the show, which was actually, well, hang on, one's, one's just come in. There's a miscellaneous one for NXT uh, from Total Blurred, who says, Love the channel, guys. 100% support AEW, but last night NXT won the night, no doubt in my mind. I haven't seen anything of AEW. I've only read like the review very briefly, but yeah, it did seem like the this NXT episode won the night in the sense that it, it, it went out there to do one thing and one thing only and that was just have really cracking wrestling mm. the show opens with Mauro Ronaldo describing it as a Christmas gift we've got these two huge matches but what he didn't say in in that promo was just like oh by the way there's also only matches tonight. Nothing else will happen. Mm. Just be like, there's literally, I think there was like one storyline angle to like, there was Dakota Kai did a promo very quickly and that's a storyline angle and then Johnny. And those are the only things that sort of really did a, did too much of a story that no one yeah. really spoke about anything. Like a couple of matches were made, but they, you know, it, they weren't like, made because people did something they were just made in a sort of they were announced for next week um yeah this was just this was just all out wrestling and i think like as kind of a we're winding up for christmas everyone's probably going to take a break stories are going to feel a little bit like stretched if they're sort of record pre-recorded and then played out or whatever whatever they're doing whatever their plans are over christmas this this just felt like a sort of a really nice way to go like, oh yeah, NXT is also just the wrestling show. Yeah. Um, so the show, the show opens actually with Finn Balor versus Adam Cole. The whole kind of story of this match was quite early on. Adam Cole catches Balor in the knee with a super kick on the apron. 
And then from that point, every time Balor tries to get kind of going on his offense, his knee gives out or Cole goes back to the well of like hitting it with a sort of drop kick or anything like that. I liked that because it it, it managed to make, weirdly, I think it, that this was kind of an NXT that had a lot of injury angles in its mm. matches because there was uh, Rhea's injured arm in her match and Punishment Martinez comes out with taped ribs, up ribs yeah. as well. But here, this this did, just did really well to subtly position Balor as the face in this match. Yeah, I, I did notice that it was it was Not interesting. Like out out face, but it just it just it was just enough to tip the crowd over into his like onto his side of yeah. like wanting him to win. Yeah, I think there's no doubt. Obviously, that undisputed era are heels that you like to cheer for. However. They are heels, and they constantly do heelish stuff. Yeah, and they always manage to get heat, you know, when they need to. And Balor is still kind of doing more of a, even though he's sort of had a go at the crowd once, you know, he's still really doing a more of a sort of just cocky guy. It's more of it's sort of more of an introspective version of himself. Yeah, isn't it? Cause I, like the whole sort of my future's my past thing. He's like, well, when I softened up. That's when I started losing and I got treated badly. So I'm not going to be soft anymore. And therefore, I'm going to achieve. Mm. Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was interesting. The crowd definitely turned and were really gunning for Finn. I thought yeah. it was... I, 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 I really like his new character. I like... Because, I, you know... I, especially his run on the main roster, which obviously was blighted by injuries. Mm-hmm. But I, felt like, I always felt like he was really struggling to get the quality of match that he's capable capable of. And don't know why you know then there were a few matches where you kind of hoped that they'd be more than they were and um i just think it's great seeing him working with people he can really he, he can he's really getting some great matches out yeah of now. and I, I, I like and that i think that's the it's the marriage of like skill level plus storytelling and i think this match had both those elements of like there were some really cool just straight up spots but there was also like working that injured knee was brilliant. Like there was there was a point early where he goes for a he goes for the coup de gras and he misses because Cole's moved out of the way and he buckles mm. and so Cole just hits the last shot. Yeah, super early, like really early in the story of the match, and then he's and Bala kicks out and then there's another like there was then brilliant bits of mirroring where on like they get end up on the outside after Cole goes for a Panama sunrise off the apron. Bala hits this huge backdrop and then just drop kicks. Cole into that same portion of the crowd that he did it to Johnny Gargano that mm. injured him and caused him to be right, like written off. And then that, yeah, that was sorry, that was just slightly before the Kubra yeah. moment. But like, there were just all these little callbacks. There was bits of you know, I love the fact that Cole as the the king of timing has become like a thing. Like the yeah, idea that yeah, like yeah. his ability to put a super kick into somebody else's move. Yeah. is like a gimmick that he's running with now. So yeah. like here he does it when Balor comes in for the big running drop kick and just knocks him out of the air. Like I really really enjoyed this. Like my only criticism of the ending maybe would be like why didn't Balor just pin him after the coup de gras? Yeah, that's always that's always the problem, isn't it? With in a world in which you know everyone's character and every fan is a lot smarter than they were before. Mm-hmm. Faces traditionally are really dumb. Oh yeah, and so it's hard. To, like, yeah. it's hard to be the really smart, cocky, dumb guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, because he like so he hits the he um, fires back with this huge clothesline, sends Cole through a loop, hits the drop kick, hits the coup de gras, picks him up, and he's like, "Well, now here's the 1916." Which I which I'm interested. He's like, he's like, I feel like that that is his finish now, right? Yeah, I guess that is. I feel yeah. like they've he switched from the coup de gras as his main finish to yeah. And so I guess that's that's maybe it that he's decided that that's his finisher. That's how he wants to put Adam Cole away. But Johnny Gargano appears on the the ramp and distracts for a second. I thought this was a bit awkwardly filmed because Balor's like looking for ages, and the the commentators are going like, "What's happening? What's happening?" And then we get a shot of Johnny sort of in the background, but we never really got like a close up, or maybe they should have just played Johnny's music to distract him. I don't know what it, what I don't know yes. what they should have done to make it, it should feel have been a bit more, more TV'd. Like they should have filmed it more. And more more like it was like an, a deliberate interruption rather than just him sort of sauntering, sauntering yeah. out. Um, yeah, it's also difficult, slightly difficult in that because it was an NXT title match, you kind of think, come on, that should be more important than, mm. you know, a feud that your character thinks is sort of done. You think you've done him. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you think you're done. Gone, yeah. you, think, you, you think you're done with him, you know. So, yeah, that was it was slightly awkward. But, I mean... If I had to, my real, my only real complaint about it was that that it was just the predictability of it made it slightly less satisfying than it, yeah, could have been. It would be because it would have been more interesting had someone like Keith Lee caused the interruption, or you know, because Keith Keith basically had the match won last week when he hits the spirit bomb, and then it's Balor doing a coup de gras that kind of steals. It would have been interesting to see Gargano almost try to distract Balor, and then have Gargano cut off by someone else. Mm. someone who was trying not to get their spot taken, you know, yeah. if it was Champa or Keith Lee or Dijakovic, whatever, one of those guys just blindsided him as a kind of, you don't get to walk back in here and be involved in this. Be involved, match, like yeah. this is, you know, that would have been, that, that would have been a really interesting dynamic to sort mm. of keep going. But um, yeah, I'm never a massive fan of distraction finishes in time matches, but it worked. And, you know, it's good to see Cole get a, pin off the last shot yeah. as well it's one of the I mean it's one of those things isn't it where it's I guess because they've got the TV show now there are a lot more title matches happening because you want to advertise that a big title match is happening between X, this component and that component and then that sells you know that at least gets eyes on the product because people are going to go, well, I have to watch it this week because that's happening. But then that does mean that the number of distraction finishes or schmozzes or whatever it is has gone up drastically on NXT. Mm. I'm not, do, I mean, do you I'm think not massively against it because the matches are good and um, like as a wrestling fan, you kind of know that's par for the course. It is just a shame to watch. Like I feel like NXT before there was an element of surprise because they could just kind of do what they wanted because of um, the fact, I think basically based the fact that nobody's really watching the TV show. So they would just, they would try different things mm. and they would do title changes every so often. But like, really you just sort of knew that the story was going to have twists and turns, but the end point was kind of fixed. Here it just feels like they're just always going to be like, distraction distraction because we've had to keep we have to keep accidentally booking ourselves into corners mm. because we're trying to get people to watch the tv show yeah yeah i wasn't i yeah i wasn't cr- i mean i mean we're sat here you know we're picking picking it picking at it a bit but actually you know worth saying that that it was all gr- like really good to great oh yeah yeah and it's just yeah i'm just not that big of a fan of doing that sort of distraction finish for a title match mm-hmm um, I wonder if there's another way of doing it. Whether it's, you know, 
Um, the classic, you know, the match happens as <coughs> Balor's going towards the ramp. That's when Johnny comes out. You know, also, I don't know. Like you said, all the music just hits. Yeah. I don't know. They feel like there were other options available. An attack might have been better than a distraction. I didn't like just I think something like that that's a bit more fiery and a bit more drama. But I still I still liked once the you know, once the finish because it was Johnny distracts, uh Cole low blows, hits the last shot. So there's still it's still the, that rematch is very much still on the table between Bala and Cole yeah. because Bala can go, look, one, distraction, two, he cheated. Like, I am shooing for a rematch here. And but it, so they so we can get this visual pin going, and Adam Cole can get out of the way, and the match can be over. And then Johnny gets in the ring. I liked the fact that when Johnny gets his weapon of choice, because we've had this mirrored spot earlier in the match where Cole is flown like flung into the crowd by Balor's drop kick, Johnny can lean over the barricade that he went through mm. that, that caused him injury and pull out a chair. And then take that into the ring to beat Balor down with. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I thought the once once Gargano was there and involved and doing this thing. I mean, you know, it's interesting to see where Gargano's character is going mm-hmm. because we saw, you know, obviously like the whole narrative of what Champa was unlocking within him yeah. was such a big part of that feud. And it feels like we kind of picked up on that again. You know, he this was vicious, yeah. and hard hitting, and you know quite you know <coughs> it's sort of tapping into that side of him that we sort of yeah saw before I, I, and I think after two losses to Adam Cole like on the trot that might be the best thing to do with Johnny now is to like mm. let's let's fire him up again because maybe Johnny wrestling you know sweet Cleveland boy John Jonathan <laughs> wrestling isn't going to win championships isn't going to like really cut the mustard anymore in NXT yeah you could almost there's almost an argument to do a that he never actually wins it yeah you know that, that's you know that, that from you know this point on he's he had that one month or whatever it was or two months and yeah that's, that's his moment yeah, yeah. Because uh, he, you know, I then think, he keeps getting nearly by the that's how you make that's how you make somebody the, the ultimate underdog. And I think Johnny is, you know, beyond Daniel Bryan and Bailey, not Bailey mm. anymore, really, but like beyond those two, he is WWE's ultimate. Yeah. Underdog. Do we think? Do we think we are just nearing the end of, um, of what should be his his run in NXT? Are we starting to just... This feels a bit... It feels like... Not completely, but this feels like... This is this is, this is is all stuff from Gargano we've sort of seen before. Do you think we're just really coming to the end of his run on NXT and actually it's time for him to just... Move on. Move on. I don't, I don't know, because also we, we can't look at it that... We can't look at it... It doesn't, a, yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't work in the, the same way anymore. It doesn't work like that anymore because it's not a feeder program yeah. anymore. It's a, you know, and Johnny, I don't necessarily Johnny's think that's true. character is NXT for life I just, as well. Yeah, like, exactly. So, I mean, I don't necessarily think that's true. I just, I just think it's it's a question I think it's worth asking for, for any of these guys that have been there yeah. at a certain place for a long time. You know, at some point, do you, where do you... Well, that's I guess that's the sort of like ne- the next... Like 2020 is going to be a really interesting year for NXT as a program because you've got this established cast of characters that you've spent all of this year building up. You've got your Keith Lee's, your Matt Riddles, your Dijakovic. You've got Baszler and Mia Yim and Io Shirai and whoever else. But you still, like I said, have all these people in the back 
who've been there for ages and haven't got any TV time, haven't had anything to do. And normally what would happen was we would get to WrestleMania and everyone would just move up and move off. Yeah. And then that's when you get your chance to come back through, you know, you get to go out of on the out through the curtain on like game night and have your match and then you start to build up a character and then you eventually move up up the card into the next into the next part and then you go off again. But because we don't have that conveyor belt system anymore, is NXT just going to have to park some people for a bit to give other people a go? Because at the moment, mm. it feels like what they're trying to do is give every single person a little bit of time to do something that they've already established to like be involved. So like each episode of NXT kind of feels like we've got to quickly see what Io Shirai is up to, we'll quickly see Candice the Roma, we'll quickly see this person or that person. Um, and that's not going to work as their roster b- continues to balloon, as WWE's Performance Center continues to sign people. Mm. Um, so whether or not like... You know, some of these more established acts from the indie scene are going to like more quickly go to Raw and SmackDown. Like Diona Perazzo was on Raw this week, yeah, and she's not been seen on NXT, mm. but she has been on Raw to obviously lose. But mm. you know, it, it yeah, it's, it's tricky. I think, I, yeah, I I, th- I do think we're 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 going to have to ask that question about a few of those guys over the next year. Um, <laughs> and I think Johnny's definitely like top level. Johnny's the sort of person who. In WWE, in like WWE terms, he's like a he's like a Roman Reigns in the sense that like you know that Roman Reigns could go away for a bit, uh, like six months, and nobody would really be like, oh no, where's Roman? And then he could walk back in and immediately get sort of be in a main event picture, and nobody yeah. would bat an eyelid. John Cena is the same guy, like in that sense that like John can go away for however long to do a movie. And then literally just walk back through the door mm. and people will just go, oh, he's taking on The Undertaker, whatever. He's taking on The Champion, whatever. Johnny's that guy for NXT. But in the same vein as like with Roman, uh, if circumstances hadn't dictated that Roman had to go away, he wouldn't have gone away. Yeah. And I don't think they'll do this. I think the same thing is true of Johnny is that like the decision should probably be to put Johnny off screen for a little bit to build up interest in him coming back and deploy him carefully and i don't think nxt will do that with them it's just tricky isn't it to maintain a character in which your character has become i'm the one who just has amazing match to take overs yeah and I, and, you, and you know and you have this feud which reached such emotive levels it's kind of like kind of what we're saying about the Rhea ripley celebration mm-hmm. very difficult to repeat that or maintain that level of emotion mm-hmm. I think with Johnny, the NXT audience has expended so much emotion with him. And the whole Champa Johnny feud was some of the best, one of the best feuds I've, I can remember, mm-hmm. really, realistically. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. How do you get that back? Do that again to, with someone else? Yeah. Like, yeah. And normally the answer is you don't. You just do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was such a unique story. So him having some sort of you're dragging something new out of me blood feud is something that we know he can do, but we have also sort of seen him do it. Mm. The interesting thing is that have we really seen that from Balor? No. And I'd say no. So that's that's the new dynamic, but that is that is a a new version of a of a of an old story. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see 
I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know how to do do the. I don't know what that new thing will be, but I would like to see something really fresh for Johnny. Mm-hmm. After that heck of a tangent, anyway, uh, we then got a recap <laughs> package of Dundane and Priest, uh, and they went over the fact that Priest got injured during their takeover match, uh, and we then saw Damien Priest take on Killian Dane in a the other two in a, in a, in a, these guys need something to do match yeah, in a, <laughs> yes exactly in a, in a we've got three components to this feud and they've all just sort of separately had matches now again so we've already had Dunn and Dane again so now we're getting Dane and Priest because why the hell not uh, the whole match was built around the idea that Priest's ribs were taped up and Dane immediately just started wailing on them really early doors like big elbows big punches Mm. he did the divide right into them and for a lot of the match the kind of the storytelling here was that priest was just on the receiving end of a heck of a beatdown. um and i was you know this this felt like it was designed to be a sort of come down off the 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 opening match this was meant to settle the crowd back down again and then slowly begin to build them back up because this was sort of they didn't flatline they were still quite into the match i thought through throughout most of it mm-hmm. it was just meant to be like here's some really technical fun wrestling stuff and then priest fires up and he hits all these strikes and i thought the best spot was him building up to that suplex where he couldn't hit it because he's yeah. given out and he did it a couple of times and he just hits this one suplex on Killian Dane, and everyone goes, "Ah, oh, yes, that's suplex!" Yeah. I love it when I love it when wrestling matches make what is, to all intents and purposes, the most bog standard move mm. turned into like this is insane. Like I can't believe they did a suplex. Yeah, I know it's great. I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, I really liked it. I think I don't really like. <coughs> I'm not that invested in this feud. No. between these three because it's not really for anything and the attacks and the back and forth haven't really cost anyone anything any... I would argue that it's not a feud anymore I would argue that this is just I would say the feud culminated at TakeOver a loose a loose, co- <laughs> a loose collaboration of people angry at each other yeah yeah it's, it's like a collective thing it's a, it's, a, it's a vibe but yeah this, I, that's what I think it is I just think it happens to be that these guys are all of a certain level on the same card and uh, now they're just sort of being put in matches because NXT is a little bit... Uh, and uh, This is the wider argument about like Undisputed Era having all the gold. NXT is a little bit spinning its wheels with the Tag Championships and the North American title because this week we've got Adam Cole doing the NXT Championship. We've, have, we've had that story for a little while. So then next week we're going to get Roddy Strong's open challenge for the US title, the North American title. But what realistically this realistically this feud Killian Dane Pete Dunne Damian Priest in my head should have been a North American title feud so this but is the- because Roddy's already a member of the Undisputed Era and we can't just keep having Undisputed Era entrances every single week this just has to sort of be for no reason so this is as soon as I saw the open challenge I said I the for next week the first thing I thought of was I bet you one of these guys Mm-hmm. Answer the challenge and it gets disrupted, and then by the time we get to take over, it's a four way. Oh yeah, for the North American title, where Roddy gets murdered. Yeah, I think that would make sense. Yeah, I think it's also I think it's also the right way of getting uh, the belt undone. I think Dunn would be a great North American champion. Yeah, 
I, I think Dunn would be a great uh, like NXT champion. Uh, no, obviously. Whatever I'm talking about the man. But like, yeah, yeah, but like for right now, I think he's perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Where, where he is, where he sits in the roster, the kind of match he's having, I just think he's sort of. Yeah. He's if you're, re- if, he's if ready. you're not going to build a really big feud around it, because like what was Roddy's last big North American title feud was his Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Um, and that was for him winning the belt. That wasn't even for him, like, mm. you know, he's he's not really had anything. He's not had a lot to do no, since been, he won the belt. So it, it's time to sort of start They've been unlucky with injuries as well, I suppose. Yeah, but it's time to start building some characters up ready to be mm. on the takeover level for these belts. Well, this thing, all these new, all that new crop of guys, you know, yep. Riddle, Lee, Dodge Kovic, they're, they're clearly circling the main belt. Yeah. So they've sort of skipped a rung, and now there's a bit of a... No man's land, a vacuum, yeah. and I feel like those three guys are the perfect yeah. salve for that. Yeah. So this match ends anyway with uh, Dane goes for a big Vader bomb, hits the knees of uh, Damian Priest, who then pops up and hits the reckoning, and he gets the one, two, mm. three. So this was, I think, this was sort of positioning Damian Priest slightly higher up the card, maybe because he's going to answer the open challenge next week. This was yeah. just a sort of remember Damian Priest because he's going to be involved in something important yeah. down the line. Uh, we then saw Kushida and Cameron Grimes working out separately backstage, mm. getting ready for their match over a hat. We then got the announcement that the Dusty Road Tag Team Classic is coming back next year, and the teams are going to be announced on the New Year's Day edition of NXT, because NXT next week is on Christmas Day, and then the week after, New Year, mm. as, as normally happens, but like New Year's Day edition as well. That's, I think that's they, quite cool. Yeah, I think it's cool. I, uh, int- I'm intrigued to see what main roster tag team just drops down for it yeah I feel like they're going to do that well because I think what's I, what I'm hoping for is we're probably going to have Franken teams there's normally a Franken yeah. team in the Dusty Classic I, I reckon this year it might be Keith Lee Dijakovic as a sort of um, the ones yeah. who make it through to the final to have the big takeover match um, but I'm interested to see if there's anyone else like any other tag teams brought down to be in it or just any other tag teams make a debut to be in it because at the moment the tag division in NXT is actually a little bit lacking because the Undisputed Era won't be in the Dusty Classic because normally the champions are the The prize prize. (laughs) Uh, so who we got Forgotten Sons Breezango end of list I don't like who else is would they bring anyone in from the? would they bring like um Lorcan and thing about from NXT. Oh yeah, Lorcan and Birch. Yeah, yeah. There's the, they'll bring. A, they could bring a few. Maybe they'll bring over like um, f- uh, Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. They'll, maybe uh, they'll bring over the grizzled young vets or someone like that. Like, um, uh, oh, I always forget. I feel I always remember they changed his name. Um, uh, Ilya Dragunov. Oh yeah, is it, is that, that's not his name in NXT. Dragunov. Is yeah, is that they've kept his yeah, name? It's there, yeah, Ilya. So yeah, will they bring those guys up? as well yeah I know there's I, there's a lot of I think there's a lot of like would Imperium be there mm. Is there's a lot of things um, that could happen so it could be quite an exciting time for NXT um, the match between Cameron Grimes and Kushida over the hat like was perfectly fine <laughs> like Samson he's nothing without he's his nothing. hat yeah exactly <laughs> that's how you that's how you beat a Cameron Grimes except you don't because Cameron Grimes won this no. with a cave in the um his uh the stomp is wicked for a start oh, yeah, it's, it's awesome, awesome. his what does he call it? His weird backflippy splash thing. I've no idea what it's but called. Every time he does it, I'm still completely <coughs> baffled as to what that is yeah, or how I'm it works. Every time, I, even in slow, I'm just like, 
what? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? It's just two men exploding. There and was a great bit in this floor. match where he like sort of him and Kushida sort of collided in the air and he just turned that into a German yeah. suplex. And I was like, he's just doing oh, like that, other moves. When he had him in the German suplex, but he was holding his waist right up here at the big high angle. Oh, oh my God. It was... I, th- these two clearly have chemistry. Um, I just wish it was about more than a hat. Yeah, and also, by the I way... I told you the hat was a stupid thing. Like, I still, I actually, st- I actually think the hat is getting over. The hat's... The, ha- the hat got a pop. When the he hat put the, shouldn't be... When he put the hat on, it, no, it got a pop. it's bollocks. It no, it's not. Be, it shouldn't be a gimmick. I it's like not. the hat. I think it's a fun gimmick. No, I just, it's I, not a gimmick. I think, it's just... No, but that's, the thi- but that's the thing. It's not a gimmick. It's a hat. I so, like it. But it's being used as a gimmick. Kushida's stealing the hat and coming out to the ring. It's like, this is now... This is what the you know in the same vein that uh, Rusev and Bobby Lashley are fighting over Lana. Lana's the hat. Like this is the <laughs> hat now. It's a MacGuffin fight. Yeah, it's the MacGuffin. I like it. No, nice. I defend it. I think it's Horse. fun. I think it's fun. I think uh, I do think it's quite weird to see Kushida in NXT still. Mm-hmm. Like he is overqualified to be. <laughs> Oh, in yeah. the lower mid card. Well, and, and like Kushida, Kushida, in my head, Kushida would have been like, should have been the cruiserweight champion immediately. Like they should have just given him that when he walked mm. through the door. Uh, especially when they rebranded it as the NXT cruiserweight championship. I thought everything they were doing with Kushida before Walter was amazing. Mm. And then I loved the Kushida Walter match. I thought it was really great. Um, and I, I love the fact that like. That was the ramp up of the story as well. It was like Kushida's challenging literally anyone that he can get his hands on to a match. Mm. And then like Walter walks through the door and he's like, well, I'll have Walter then. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I liked it. He obviously had to take the loss because it's Walter. However, he has been, I think, just completely aimless since then. And obviously mm. he's had the injury as well. But like, I think he, this Cameron Grimes thing feels like a fall from grace in the sense that, like, before, he had a really strong identity as a character. And, like, without... one, And also one of those brilliant identities as a character that you can do really good matches without having to be about something. Mm. And here, instead of it being about, like, pride and I want to prove that I'm the best and test myself, it's about a hat. Yeah, but yeah. but the hat is important. No, it's not important. I'm moving. I'm <laughs> moving us on because the hat is nonsense. We then saw uh, Rhea Ripley working out backstage, and then we've got Io Shirai versus Santana Garrett, yes. who is the favoured jobber of the women's division at the moment. It seems who's jobbed out to Tainara mm-hmm. um, and a couple of other people as well. She's good. This was fine. I like. I'm yeah. I'm not massively into Santana Garrett. I don't like. It's a bit too handstandy for me. It's a bit. It's a bit too gymnastic. Too it's a bit too like. I know what you mean. It's a bit too like practice gymnastics. There was one. There was one spot quite early on where she like grabbed the hand and he tried to slap her. It was all quite. Yeah, I'm definitely going to slap you. Like oh. it was a bit of a like it had a like. It's making me feel weird. <laughs> but like, you stay on your side of the desk. <laughs> Sorry, um, like that was all a bit. Yeah, there was some of it was a bit slow or whatever. But I think it's fine. I mean, yeah, <coughs> yeah sure, I'm still really over. Um, Again, I think this was. I don't think this is necessarily where you should be deploying Io Shirai. No, it, I but, mean this was. I think this was a bit of a filler match, um, but also a. Again, I think if in the, in the same breath of me saying that Damian Priest match was to a reminder of who Damian Priest is. Yes. I think this is a reminder of who Io Shirai is because I think Io Shirai could be a very like 
I think she might be next challenger. Immediate contender for Rhea. Ripley. I think she will be. I just, I just think like this was just a remember the name Io Shirai. Yeah, it's a double knees and a moonsault, and she wins the match as you would imagine against someone like Santana Garrett. We then got a match that was sort of being billed as a promo for the World's Collide tournament that's happening on the weekend of the Rumble. Now, World's Collide traditionally is sort of like a multi-brand um, tournament. We've had iterations of it where it's NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, but then also iterations where it's all of those and Raw and SmackDown as well. Mm-hmm. This iteration is NXT versus NXT UK. Yeah. Yeah, like a really shallow pool of people different which, worlds which, which, but it, but it's also yeah, different it, worlds, two mate. sides of an ocean yeah, uh, but different it's worlds, also mate. like it's not it's not exactly like NXT UK hasn't been on NXT regularly really regularly <laughs> really recently yeah like Walter was there recently like we were literally just talking about Walter for the last match the match before but like it's also slightly confusing because I kind of feel like this is how they're just bringing Travis Banks up to NXT yeah via him appearing as NXT UK's representative. representative. Yeah. <laughs> so th- this this felt like a sort of roundabout way, and also I, like you know if all, if all the rumors are going around about two hundred five live potentially being cancelled or whatever, like doesn't look good, does it? The, the no. site, they can't even make it into the tournament. Nobody cares about. Yeah. But um, yeah, and and then this match between them was as you would expect between two guys who've worked together loads, who know kick the really hell out of each well. other. They kick the hell out of each other. It was really good. I, tra- Travis I Banks time, is awesome. I spent a lot of time being Banks. confused about the, it's NXT UK versus NXT. And I was like, have you done NXT? I know he is NXT now, but in my head I was just like, but he's also the... But you know what? He was on NXT UK for so long. They never actually explicitly said he, he had changed. No. And even in this match, they were like questioning whether where his loyalty was yeah. or whatever. So maybe that's something they'll do. Yeah. But yeah, I, I this was a really fun match. <coughs> yeah, it was really, really good. They, yeah, they beat each other up. <laughs> yeah. They, they worked together really well. I think Travis Banks, if he comes to NXT full time, would be an amazing addition yeah, to the he's roster because awesome. he's so good. He's awesome. Um, and I think clearly all the years of doing progress matches together and all that stuff has worked. And these yeah. two can just put on an awesome. Uh, can you kick like, me harder? Can, can you Probably. Kick, can you kick me harder? Yeah. It's not really about anything, but I'm going to kick you a really hard match. Um, one of the cool bits, I love the, uh, like, there was the sunset flip bomb, mm. but Pete Dunne just backflips off the apron and runs in with this huge enziguri. Yeah. And then they sort of tried to counter each other's finishes for a bit. Thought that was really awesome. The finish was like a, was it a massive X-plex that he did? Yes, it was. He did yeah. like a super, like an avalanche X-plex yeah. basically. And then he kicks him really hard in the head <laughs> and it just does the bitter end. Yeah. I think he should have just pinned him after kicking him really hard in the head. I'd love I th- that to be somebody's actual finisher. The, um, the reversal that Banks got for the bitter end halfway through the match mm. kind of thought it looked re- that was a really good false finish I thought it really felt like he'd got his offense in then he got cut off bitter end okay this is where he loses yeah. and then he just flipped it into that DDT and then got his, like it was really well paced match I loved it I thought it was great yeah I would love I'd love to see the two of them work together more yeah. I'd love to see it like not framed as a oh yeah by the way there's this tournament you don't care about mm. I would just like to see them sort of given more time and a much bigger platform. So the last thing before we got Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler, or a couple of couple of little items to pick up afterwards as well, but we got Dakota Kai backstage with Kathy Kelly. Dakota Kai said that, um, oh, I'm quite annoyed because Mia Yim put me through a couple of tables and I've got some staples in my back and that is annoying. But the thing to remember is 
I did beat Mia Yim, mm. which I think is a very important point to remember. And she says, I want the NXT women's title Yeah. after that. So there's a few, I think, like, if Io Shirai is being positioned earlier in this show as, like, a potential contender, Dakota Kai is positioning herself as a potential contender. I think that story is more interesting because Dakota tried to cost Rhea the War Games match. It would yeah. be more interesting where where it's sort of more established that Tegan Knox and Rhea Ripley were friends or or if it had cost yeah. Rhea the match in the first yeah. place. There's there's a lot to it there that, that could be really interesting I think so. to do it. And even also, you know, Dakota Kai and Io Shirai could have something where Dakota can be kind of going, I put put this on a platter. Yeah. You know, and they still, that's your fault. Just somehow blame Io. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, I think there's, like you said, there's a lot they could do now. Um, we then got the announcement that Roddy Strong was going to have a North American Championship Open Challenge on Christmas Day. And we're also going to get Leo Rush and Keith Lee mm. versus Damian Priest and Tony Nese. I like Tony Nese being in this. Yep. He's, again, one of those guys who you can throw into these things because you know he's what he's going to mm-hmm. bring. Uh, and I would like to kind of see him experiment a bit more with his character as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the I'm just the athletic guy... <coughs> Is cutting the mustard. Yeah. And, you know, but he is an amazing wrestler. Oh, yeah. Uh, a great talent. I'm, I'm just really, when I see his name and stuff, I'm just going to like, yeah, that's really cool. It's going to be, I think that's going to be a really good match. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see like Leo and Keith Lee as a team as well. I think that's yeah. going to be awesome. That's and I, I also, it makes me excited about the idea that Leo Rush might move out of the cruiserweight division and yeah. to sort of, some more like he's only been mixing it up with people of a very certain size for a very long time in WWE so I think it's going to be really interesting to see him go up against bigger guys yeah. and the kind of stories they're going to do with matches I think Keith Lee is going to pick Leo Rush up and throw him really hard into the other men and I think it's going to be insane <laughs> excellent stuff well that was NXT I gave it a very high four out of five um, I think the things that were missing there was like maybe just some like big killer angle or super hot promo to really tip it over into that five-star territory. But for me, I thought this was an awesome episode of NXT. Just wall-to-wall, very good wrestling. I For me, it's... I felt like the... My, my <coughs> overarching feeling that the, the two championship matches should not have been done on TV kind of tarnished it a bit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, I still thought it was a fantastic show. I would say, for me, it's probably just like a really, really high three. Mm-hmm. And let's read the last couple of Super Chats before we get out of here, shall we? Thank you very much to everyone who watched, by the way, as well. Jobber JJ says, In my opinion, NXT having championship matches every week, hot shot booking. Title change was only done to beat AEW. It's the one thing that pisses me off. Which is kind of what you were saying as well. The one thing. The one thing. (laughs) He's a very calm man, JJ, (laughs) other than this one thing. This is his kryptonite. TV title matches. Therapists are saying, don't watch NXT then if it annoys you so much. Yeah, I do think, I I don't think... Beating AW by twenty thousand viewers is worth doing two two of your best heart matches that you could do at a takeover. Mm-hmm. I think they were well handled here. I think they leave potential to do them again. Like it's it's nothing kind we're of, saying could not have also been the case at a takeover. No, right? no, it's just it's it's kind of a you have to 
get the viewing figures yeah. because that's how you keep your TV show on TV. And I think NXT has been, I didn't think it was possible, but I do think it has been a better product since it went to two hours on TV. Yeah, I like, actually think consistently it's like, so because they are trying to up their game. And it's part of upping a game sometimes is having championship matches. Um, Jamie Lavin says, Pete or Travis need to knock on a certain door. I would uh, love to that would be cool. see either of them go up against Alistair Black. I would like to see Alistair Black more. I would like to, and at use, this like, point, Alistair Black against anyone is, would be nice. Alistair Black should answer his, his own door. door more often, <laughs> is what I think. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, like the Buddy Murphy Alistair Black match. Um, from whatever the pay-per-view was that was the other week, was amazing. What was TLC. It? TLC, that was it. <laughs> My brain is... Fr- is Christmas a yeah. fright? Like, TLC was literally on Sunday. Yeah, it was last yeah. weekend. Yeah. yeah, I did the review on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how... That's where we're at, yeah. people. I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> um, and Siddharth Online says, DIY reunion in the Dusty Classic. I don't want to see it. Do you not? No, because we... We saw it on Raw, pointlessly. Mm. So I'm sort of over it now. <laughs> oh, that's me. They ruined it. <laughs> they didn't ruin it. Uh, on WWE Miscellaneous, uh, Dina Cisse says, what do you guys think that, What's of- that, the bump? <laughs> <laughs> Dina Cisse says, what do you guys think of Lee and Dijakovic possibly being in the Elimination Chamber? I'd, I'd like to see it. I'd, I'd like if NXT did its own Elimination Chamber match, like, or whether it was... I don't know. I don't really want the NXT. I don't want the Elimination Chamber match to be about brand supremacy. I want it to be like I liked last year's one with Kofi in it, and it being mostly about the story of Kofi and Brian. And that you know, like I like it when it's sort of centered or it's got like an overarching plot. I don't mm. like it just being like it's for brand supremacy. So there's two of you and two of you and two of you, or however you structure those matches. Although the Survivor Series matches were really fun, yeah. But because I think they've got that kind of Rumble vibe of just like here's a load of people doing a load of spots. Here, let's see what silly stuff happens. It's kind yeah. of house showy in that way. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of guys who I think on the XT roster who who would be amazing in that sort of match. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen um, anytime soon. And finally, on Wrestle Talk, miscellaneous. Uh, Sean just says, keep up the good work, lads, Laurie and Simon. You know Thank what? You. No. No, I won't. <laughs> going to start doing bad uh, work. So it's Christmas, Simon. Um, we've got our big office Christmas party tomorrow. Mm. Uh, we're going to Four Quarters to play retro computer games. Yeah. Probably get a Micro Machines tournament going because that went really well last time. Yeah. It's the only game we. It's the only game that we're all close enough that we can actually compete. I think that was the thing. It was the only game that we found a sort of consistent streak to where we're like, yeah. everyone's enjoying this. Nobody's FIFA was pretty angry. good for that. Like old FIFA was pretty good for that. Uh, it was Pro Evo, old Pro Evo. No, they remember they didn't have it. We we ended up playing FIFA in the end. Oh, I don't like FIFA. No, I like Pro Evo. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm really looking forward to the party. Also, I've got to somehow between now and tomorrow. Get a Buy Santa. some more presents, get a Secret Santa, and get a haircut. Whoa. That's a lot to do. Yeah. You've left it quite late. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done all my Christmas shopping now, apart from this Secret Santa, basically. Yeah, I've got to get one thing for my sister-in-law. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got to get... Um, I nearly just said who I had for Secret Santa. It wouldn't matter, would it? Would, well, this, would this go out before it... Yeah, this will go out before we do the... Because the Christmas show doesn't go out until Christmas Day. So people will know. Like, Obviously, we're going to all find out tomorrow when we do the Christmas show. 
Okay. But the audience won't know until Christmas Day. So you'll be spoiling something about a week in advance. Ah, uh, okay. So it's not that fun to do it. No, but I've got Luke. So. Oh, okay. Well, I've got Pete. <laughs> 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 the, the good the thing is, I don't have Luke, but you do have Pete. Yeah, I know I've got Pete. <laughs> I really wanted to say it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't have Luke. Um, I get Luke in every Secret Santa we ever do. Yeah. And uh, this year I don't. Well, that's so. why you shouldn't have friends outside of work. Mm, that, well, that's true. I sh- no, well, that's I'm trying to combine my work with all of my friends, and then it's just no, it makes an error. No? no? Do you not think? No, no. You need to eliminate as many people from your life as possible. <laughs> Yeah, well, I do think about becoming a hermit. Yeah, I just, I just think well, it makes Christmas a lot easier. We've already got crabs. Hey, well, that's not how that works. Hermit crabs. Hermit. Yes, no, I understand. <laughs> yeah, you can't just say <laughs> hermit crabs like that makes it okay. Hermit crabs. Yeah. Yeah. No. Cool. Well, on that um, rather itchy note, uh, we'll leave you there. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.